Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back uh, to Streaming in Place. We're here talking about Lucifer, Season 2, Episode 14, Candy Morning Star, a controversial episode. Some love it, some think it's, eh. and uh, I guess some people dislike it. I don't know. We'll get into it. But before we do, we must begin for the you know benefit of those who are not in the chat there will be a link in the the post for this episode because Noel what did you gift the the chat today <laughs> so this episode features Lucifer singing crime solving devil it makes sense don't overthink it and then they they being the official fox youtube channel for the show which is still up even though it's not on fox anymore did like a one minute loop of it for like a karaoke purposes <laughs> and i gifted that to everyone here because i found it yesterday as soon as we finished watching this episode because <laughs> i was just like i want to i want to see that again but then they were just like oh no we've got you and it turns out it's to like the theme of the theme song the little riff that they do on the title card and it's just like that's just very good. And also, I appreciate the self-awareness of the show doing this bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they've they've already shown that they are very comfortable with that, with, like, the good cop, handsome devil cop comments. That was back in season one. But, yeah, it's it just gets more self-aware from here. And I, to, in, for my opinion, I don't think they've gone too far into that, into the navel-gazing. Um, I think they find just the, that sweet spot that we get in this episode. Uh, Marcus says it looks like it was posted right after this episode aired originally, and yeah, that tracks. That that makes which sense. Which means that they're, which means that they knew exactly what they had when that when they did that little bit in the right in this episode and went, we need to make a video of this real fast so it's available. <laughs> it's very good. So yesterday I asked Latoya um, where she stood on this episode, and we are both very pro this yes. episode. We we enjoy candy and this episode in general. Um, I'm curious where where Noel and Allison, where you guys fall down to this. And we're going to start with Allison because I was delighted to receive your text yesterday because uh, I just got it on all caps. <laughs> I called it! <laughs> so, I did call it. How, did your enthusiasm for calling that Lucifer was in Vegas uh, carry over to the rest of the episode? How, how did you feel about Candy, Candy Morningstar, about the episode and the character? Uh, you know, I was a little bit worried at first, I, and I shouldn't have been, because it would be very unlike the Lucifer of this season, at least, to um, write a character like Candy um, and allow her to be a, an underdeveloped stereotype. Um, so, and I, so I should have known better. Um, and about halfway through, I was like, I just... I mean, they let her do the thing where she's good with faces and she figures that thing out and um, she's obviously good hearted and this is still bad. So once we got to the end, I was like, oh, OK, yeah, 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 cool, 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 cool. Um, so generally and that was the only issue that I really had. So generally, I really liked it. I feel like um, the the entire story hangs on that final scene because all of the things that don't make sense suddenly make sense in like a new and actually more troubling way. Once you put them in sort of the framing of what's going on with Lucifer, as I was sitting next to my partner, he was like, this doesn't, this doesn't make any, why, 
it's not like him to be this totally oblivious to the reactions of people around him. Why all of a sudden is he acting like he doesn't know what people are feeling and how like, and isn't in touch with, um, with their response to him. Um, which of course then he is, (laughs) he's provoking it. Uh, so it got way more interesting after that. And yes, I, you know, I felt a certain level of satisfaction that I, um, (laughs) that I called it. Uh, Marcus says it definitely works better on rewatch, and I was I was gonna say the same thing. I think it once you have context for Candy, going back and rewatching that performance and that character and the little things that are happening, um, I think it clicks in and it is even more satisfying, um, at least for me. Noel, what did you think about it? No, I I agree with Allison. I think that the episode works really really well, and I agree. And my partner and I were talking about this at the end of the episode. Of it really could have gone either way, but it felt weird for them to do like a broad stereotype of this kind of a character within this show. But at the same time, like the idea that she was helping him because he helped her with something would have also been of a piece if there hadn't been the reveal. But the fact that there is the reveal and the fact that it was still a matter of helping her in some way, I think, again, still fits within a larger pattern of how Lucifer operates. And by Lucifer operates, I mean the character operates. Also the show to an extent, but in this instance, very specifically the character. And I think that because of that, like Allison said, it snaps a lot of things back into place, but it also makes the overall episode really delightful because... I think the the big key thing from that whole thing with Candy is the fact that it's pretty solidly easy to trick Charlotte. And that's important, I think, going forward. Because she was just so thwarted by this woman who wanted to maybe open open up both a juice bar and a tanning salon, (laughs) or maybe both as a combo rush, a combo area. Um, She was just completely thwarted by it. And I just, Trisha Helfer is saying this may be the most formidable person I've ever met. I'm just like, this is just the best thing. And also you're not getting out enough in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Latoya, how was this from you on rewatch? Uh, I mean, I, I love this episode. I love uh, Candy Morningstar. Uh, I love Lindsay Gort as Candy Morningstar. It just makes me, of course, miss Carrie Diaries, which is often I miss Carrie That's Diaries. That's who that was. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, it's just, it's a fun episode. And I know a lot of, I especially just remembering from when I watched it originally, a lot of people hated it because uh, uh, people get upset when you get in the way of their ship. <laughs> so I'm just like, come on, guys. It's not. It's clearly not going to be a permanent thing. And and of course, obviously, it's revealed at the end that it was all uh, a plan. But yeah, people got really frustrated with that. I'm like, come on, people. Um, I think it's a great performance. Uh, I love, and I, I, I really appreciated this episode, like originally watching it too. I just love that, Yes, uh, the the candy that she plays is uh, very ditzy, but at the same time, she is like she's got like an emotional awareness, and she is helpful in the case at m- multiple times too. Uh, the case, which I will even say, I for I've rewatched this recently, even before this, and I'm like, I did not remember what happened in the case, who did it. I remembered him singing "Eternal Flame," and that's like about <laughs> it. <laughs> I remember uh, I've said it before, but they shot when the first two seasons they were technically shooting in Vancouver, but they shot a lot in LA so much of this is on the sunset strip like legit on the sunset strip it's insane (laughs) I'm like I'm like how much percent do you have to film in Vancouver to get like the tax break because it seems like they just 
did that much and then shot the rest in LA. Yeah. Which actually <clears throat> you mentioned the LA thing raises like something I did want to discuss um, was the fact that that Supergirl billboard is very conspicuous in the sunset strip shot shots. So my question for everyone also based on what we saw in crisis on infinite earths with the Watchmen billboard is this Earth 666? Are we on <laughs> Earth 666, everyone? I believe it. It makes Because I think we are. <laughs> yeah. Which means that Lucifer is in Los Angeles and Latoya. You're not doing a good job of, like, not going to Lux every night. Well, I can't now. <laughs> yeah. You know, if somebody was going to find out a way to keep a nightclub open and have social people distance. social distanced it would be lucifer yeah. like yeah. like everyone's in a sexy cage that's six <laughs> feet apart from the nearest cage or something yeah like, figure it out <laughs> also in lucifer they're always just going all over la i aren't they like the hollywood division why are they always going to santa monica lux is in west hollywood <laughs> i'm in east hollywood i'm not gonna be going all the way over there <laughs> Oh, jurisdiction does not exist in this show. <laughs> yeah, the uh, no, the number of times that a character, usually it's Chloe because uh, of the context, but the number of times that a character is like, you know what, I think I should do one more thing. And then like, they drive to what must be a very, like, completely different part of town to like, you know, I think, I think we're going to call off this date. I'm going to go visit Lucifer or I'm going to like, I need to, I need to be with Trixie or, you know, whatever it is. It's like. You gotta schedule a babysitter. You got like there are logistics that we're not touching on. I will say they mostly stay on what should be the west side of LA. So I, I mean that kind of makes sense. But they're still going. They're going places. <laughs> uh, Lurker says I yell about that all the time. They have a case in Long Beach, <laughs> a whole different city. <laughs> and, and Marcus says they sometimes drive to obvious Vancouver oh, locations. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like when they do downtown things, like that's obviously Vancouver. Yeah. I mean, we all watch yeah. enough CW that we, I could basically navigate my way around Vancouver. <laughs> I know the yeah. woods of Vancouver so yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like notice it though. Like, obviously, shows that are oh. filmed in a different, like, so like Black Lightning, right? In, in Films in Atlanta, totally different feel yes. and look, right? But as far as like, Oh, that's the same set as from this other... Like, I, I'm able to just, like, turn off that part of my brain when I'm watching. <laughs> You're so and, lucky. And, yeah. I just... There are a couple... It's, it doesn't happen for me all the time, but there are a couple locations. Like, there's there's a building that is a bank on The Flash that yes. shows up in everything. Like, it's, they, it must be one of the locations they use most frequently. And it's just, it's been something on Legends. It was something on Arrow. Like, it's, but it's very specifically a bank that gets robbed all the time on The Flash because people inexplicably are constantly trying to rob banks in Central City, knowing that it's home to like 70 billion speedsters. Anyway, I think Central City has the dumbest villains. Dumb, uh, was, really dumb. Yeah. One more thing about geography in general. Uh, rewatching Angel, especially living in LA, is always a trip because if we want to talk about geography issues in Lucifer and Angel, they're literally going all around California. Yeah. It is absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think feel like uh, Angel's office was in downtown, and then it like moves to the east side, uh-huh. and I feel like Wolfman Hurts on the west side. There's 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 too much happening. Um, it's an, it's an episode on a podcast, an interview watch podcast, and they literally uh, Darla and Drusilla are like killing people there, like on the west side. Then they're in Sherman Oaks. It's out of control. 
<laughs> Marcus says the Vancouver library is like 10 different things on 10 different shows. And see, I would say like, oh, that's interesting. But I don't want it to be interesting because I don't want to start <laughs> noticing it. Notice uh, things. I notice always, it, Kate. The one thing I do notice is when they film stuff at places that I've been. Every now and again, they film stuff in Chicago. And I'm like, oh, I have been. But I'm, I'm always so like charmed by that that I don't care. <laughs> it's just more, it's just more fun for me. Um, speaking of being charmed, uh, we've talked about uh, candy, but I think they're uh, the. I I really enjoy the performance and the character with the context of she knows everything because that just says so much about who she is. Can you imagine being like, okay, so this is the goddess of all creation and I want to find out if she's messing with you. So you're going to go shopping with her. Like I can't, I just, my brain won't wrap around it. And, and we were saying like, we don't like, I don't even remember the case of the week in any meaningful way. Uh, it was it's a, a band. I don't know. Watch it yesterday. Don't care. But I am very invested <laughs> in Charlotte and candy shopping tri- shopping spree. There is only one part of this episode that doesn't really work for me. And I'm curious if it's just me. I think it might just be only me. Um, I don't think they pull off the Chloe is candy thing. And it, for me, it's a rare bit of like, I don't like the performance. I don't think it works. And I just am like, eh, it's not. You're not nearly as good at this as that other actress and character is at this. Well, she's painting Candy with a very, very broad stroke, too. That's the thing. She, yeah. She doesn't really see that, you know, Candy is has more substance to her until the end, honestly, when she realizes, hey, Candy's not the enemy. She's yeah, not, but... Candy's not the enemy. She's our hero, honestly. Candy's right. <laughs> well, I mean, because, like... Again, it just takes a lot of maturity and uh, and intelligence to to do what she's doing, and, and and she like they very carefully write and play her. Like you want to not like her because she is that person coming in to disrupt your ship, but she's you can't not. She's so like she's interesting and she's smart and she's uh, perceptive and aware about you know things as much as you can expect someone who is brand new to all these dynamics. Um, but like it's. She's just really charming and nice, and even Chloe has to be like, "Damn it, you know she's actually kind of great." Okay, fair enough. But in that scene, I, I don't. I think the guy is supposed to believe that she is a person, and I never believe that the guy should believe that she is an actual person. He's also confused, like when she's insulting "quote unquote" herself, and he he calls that out basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's very. I mean, undercover Chloe. Uh, we'll see more of that this season. And it's pretty, there's a reason why Chloe's doesn't do a lot of undercover work. <laughs> uh, and that's why I love it. You know, um, we were talking about Alias last week. At least I think it was last week. Because it was. Who, who the it hell was. knows anymore. Um, and and I think we specifically maybe talked about the Super Bowl episode, which is the Fall of SD6 episode mm-hmm. that starts with Sydney on a plane in lingerie. Um, with Back in Black playing because they were like, wait, we have a post-Super Bowl slot? Hold on. Let's come up with the most appealing thing that we can think of um, to a heterosexual male audience so that we can get them in to watch our squishy spy drama. And it um, works. And it works. <laughs> um, but I, I always... Part of the reason I like that episode so much is because it's just it gets so much accomplished. But they took a thing that they obviously wanted to do, which is put Jennifer Garner in lingerie with a riding crop on an airplane with 
back in black playing and then found a way to justify it that really does work right like it's a it's a great opening that scene this feels like at some point in the writer's room they're like well let's have chloe dress up like candy and then stopped um because that scene also didn't really work for me it was the reveal was fun and then Chloe just didn't seem particularly interested in doing her job well, which seems very out of character. Um, especially because if she wanted to have a fight with Lucifer, she had plenty of material. She could have just been her, right? Like, they could have just gone... She could have said her name is Candy Morningstar, and then they could have just had the fight that they were having and found, like, a different context for some of the things she was saying. So it just felt like um, like she was bad at her job in a way that seems out of character and not intentionally so. Although I don't even know if Chloe should be back on the job because it's been two weeks and she was yeah. poisoned. Like, uh, I feel like she needs to see a therapist also. Is that a thing? Not Linda. <laughs> yeah. Don't, get she a, needs to see a therapist a who is referral. not Linda. Yeah. 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 Uh, but also, uh, just for context, while it was two weeks within the show, uh, like, uh, actually it was three months to get oh. to this episode. Yeah. So Good. that's helpful. that was a, that was a wait. <laughs> that's why I think they really hyped up like the three party because of like, then there was gonna be three months of no show. Hmm. Noel, what did you think of all this? So um, I'll cut to the chat real quick and that Lurker thinks that Chloe's performance is sort of the point um, that Chloe's just making her stereotype and is bad at it. Um, and Marcus says that Chloe's looking down on candy. While I don't think, well, he doesn't think that candy is looking down on candy as a performance of a person and i think those are both kind of accurate um marcus is in particular i think candy just fully embraces the concept um and then lurker adds that makes sense because i thought that this was the start of season three and it was very confused it wasn't in reference to the time the, the time frame i think that latoya was just mentioning um so for me a lot of it just boils down to a lot of what allison's just said and that I agree that it very much feels like a concept of, yeah, but there's no and. And then that Chloe refuses, is so angry that she can't get through it, basically. And the degree to which that works for me rides, rides and dies on how well she does the actual thing. But she doesn't do the actual thing very well. The actual, like, undercover stuff. So it's just kind of a very flat sort of thing so much so that i end up feeling bad for this very sad man (laughs) the mediator (laughs) who's very sad already um for reasons that we don't find out until afterwards that closet of memorabilia for the band um but it just doesn't feel like a scene that I think goes anywhere on performance level and doesn't really achieve anything on a character level because of how deeply committed Lucifer is also to faking everyone out. So it feels like it's supposed to be funny for, to get Chloe and Warren German to do something very different, but it just doesn't go anywhere. Um, Like the initial impact of seeing her made up and in the code and everything is good but then it just stops being good and just becomes like a weird cat fight between the two of them that doesn't resolve or feel like it resolves anything because we have to resolve it with the sing with the song sort of almost um which works better than resolving it with a mediator that you're trying to interrogate slash trap (laughs) into a confession (laughs) there's a lot happening in that scene there's too much happening, really. Um, so, 
it's rough. Let's talk about some other uh, parts of the episode. What did you guys think of Maze just like just staring directly <laughs> into Candy's chest and and uh, like appreciating her ass and her chest? Like Lucifer's got great taste. It's like that's that's a person. You're supposed to be getting better at this stuff. <laughs> Lurker says my favorite. <laughs> She is getting better at this stuff. She didn't like try to seduce her right there and then. I feel like that's a major step forward for me. Better like boundaries. Okay. Boundaries, right. Yeah. (laughs) What did you guys think of uh, Menadiel? What happened with Amenadiel? What happened with Amenadiel? I guess that's my answer. Well, yeah, no, but just like how where he's at. How do you get well, I guess how about this? How do you think how do you feel about the Lucifam and where we're at with all of this right now? And where your interest and allegiances with with mom and with Amenadiel and with with Lucifer and all of this. Hmm. Well, I mean, in general, I would never have predicted that at this point in season two, I'd be so worried about my precious lamb Amenadiel. Um, like, <laughs> never in a million years did I think that would happen. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. I I feel like if everybody is seeing Dr. Linda, he should get some time on the books. Um, is there a family plan like there is for cell phones? Um, they should figure something out. Um, but I, I guess that what it comes down to for me is whether or not you think Charlotte is being honest yet. And I guess I don't. Mm-hmm. Um it's, I mean, it certainly is a point in her, in her favor, I guess, that she gets got so thoroughly by Candy, um, which is actually sort of perfect because people often, the thing that makes them weakest is the sort of unfair bias that they have against others because that's irrational, so it's easy to manipulate. So it makes sense that the thing that Lucifer would manipulate would be Charlotte's assumption that humans are like stupid, vapid puddles of like fart sounds you know like they're just like wet sacks um <laughs> puddles and, of fart sounds I think wet like, sacks wet sacks they're just wet meat meat sacks walking popsicle uh, popsicles of meat um so of course she would underestimate any human and that human in particular um which is of course is why she gets got point being um i feel like i don't trust her motives and i well i do believe her emotional investment in her sons also my dear son was very funny and also the war will be over soon yeah and then her talking about um how lucifer betrothed himself um to a human really made me laugh a lot um Anyway, yeah, I don't trust her motives, which means I fear for everyone who isn't her. And I hope that Maze remains on high alert. I think that's Maze's, like, default setting is high alert. (laughs) I mean, she, like, it's not high enough alert that she's not willing to go make popcorn once she realizes a sex dream is happening. (laughs) But it's high enough alert Mm -hmm. that something is wrong. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that we can trust that in her own very weird ridiculous way she cares about her family um but they're also means to an end to go kill god um with Azrael's blade i guess is like sort of what we're building up to here maybe possibly um which just saying that is also very much a supernatural b is also just it's a very anime thing to do of like let's go kill god and it's just like all right kids all right but I think that for me, it's just 
I'm I'm glad we're like approaching the end of the season because I'm not sure how much longer you can stretch this out either um, from like a pacing perspective, but also from a just what is happening to Menadiel in terms of allegiances, but also where is his head at? Because we don't get like too much of him, which I think is one of the larger problems kind of here is that we get him being frustrated with Charlotte, but he's also the only one talking to Charlotte on a regular basis in a non-threatening manner. Um, in so far as he's definitely trying to help her in to a certain degree because he has questions for dad. Um, but it just, it, there needs to, I think, be like an Amenadiel focused storyline at some point here that kind of tells us more about where he is. Okay. Yeah, I want an Amenadiel episode. I'm just very excited for the next two episodes. <laughs> yeah, I won't speak on the blade since I know. Huh? <laughs> I'm like, nothing, don't oh, worry about it. Okay. <laughs> there, there there will be more Amenadiel. We can say that. There's more Amenadiel yeah. stuff coming. Good. Um, I am. I yeah. just think the fact that Alice and I were both just like, what, what? what did yeah. he do in this episode is a Don't bad remember. sign. I'm still thinking about him shoving nurses in slow motion. <laughs> right, exactly. That's that's where my head is, is that he's still doing that, even though Chloe's not in that hospital room anymore. He's like, guys, I had a really big moment the other day. We're going to just I need a little taste. We're just going to do this for two weeks. Yeah, it's going to boost up the self-esteem. Well, if you're hanging out in the chat and you have other parts of the episode that you would like us to touch on, please go ahead and drop them into there. Otherwise, uh, a couple other things. I was delighted by the opening of the episode. Whenever, like, the humans, like, are, are getting ready for fun, sexy times with any of our Lucifam, and then it just, like, gets a little... There's... I, I never get tired of that little bit of, like, okay, it got too weird. Um, what is... Your son? But you're... But... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go, <laughs> and this is at least the second or third time they've done that, and I don't care. It's still very funny. <laughs> oh, that scene, the three month gap totally explains why that exposition heavy scene is there. I was like, why is this here? It was just last week, and then no, it was three months ago, and I was just like, that just puts that into a lot of context because I was just like, that was just so much exposition that they gave us. Trisha Helfer killed giving all that exposition, but yeah, it was a lot of exposition. We're gonna get into it more, I'm sure, but uh, in case you couldn't tell, Fox didn't treat this show well. <laughs> so like, it yeah. gave it like like this season, they gave it gave it well, it gave it um, nine more episodes. But we get five more, and then the other four are in season three. Yeah, mm. they're tacked on to the end of season three well, after mixed, a cliffhanger at the end. Of, oh, they're mixed well, in? No, two of them are mixed in, and the other two are after it. Yeah, after it ends three. on a cliffhanger, sort of, like a like a big thing. And then, like, two unrelated standalone episodes. And they're very good standalone episodes. They're actually really fun. Uh, like, one's an alt-reality one, and one, you know. And, but it's just like, why? Why? And one of those is like I feel like very integral to yeah. like and and it's actually uh it is built up and one of the other bonus ones mixed in and it's just like well this I think for the most part like the two that are mixed in it, it, they they were able to mesh them in very well but it's mm-hmm. just yeah it's it's a weird thing and it's like they were already writing I I know they were already writing like episode they were breaking season four. Before they got canceled, because like Fox was like, you should start doing this, and then they got canceled, and yeah, Fox was was dicks to them. Fox was dicks. <laughs> yeah, Lurker says the alt reality one was supposed to be season two. That makes so much sense. And it wasn't the Ella. There's an Ella backstory one, isn't yeah, that that's one? The one I'm saying? Yeah, and that that was also, and it's 
built up in one of the other bonus yeah. season two episodes. Yeah. 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 Marcus oh, says Lucifer hiding episodes. a little branch, holding a little branch while trying to hide from Dan behind a plant was great. Yes. Here, <laughs> here. This guy says love the teeny branch. Yeah, that was super fun. Do we have any other elements uh, to this episode that we want to touch on? Uh, I feel robbed of a Trixie and Candy scene because, first of all, how yeah. do you not have characters named Trixie and Candy have a scene together? Second, I would just, I just, I just think it would have been very charming and fun. So, uh, I demand this, a recount. I don't. At, at this point, I feel like uh, the fan, like at this point in the show, the fandom already had a theory. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this that Ella is a grown-up Trixie. I guess from the future. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a theory. <laughs> that's a theory that they had. <laughs> uh, listeners done. at home, Noel just took off his headphones to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Joe Henderson, like he wrote, uh, he's like, oh, I just uh, uh, wrote this new uh, page for script. And he like po- posted like a script page. It's like, Ella and Trixie meet and then they explode because they're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. It's super fun. He's like, and that's how season two ends. Yeah, Lurker says there were lots of theories about Ella, yeah. And the actual, like, episode they give her is, I mean, maybe somebody guessed it. I don't think many people, like, had the same idea of who Ella was that the writers did. And it's very clear from what you're watching, like, there's nothing, like, mystical or magical or special or weird about her. She's just, it's, it's very straightforward, but whenever there's a character that, like, gets added in in a show like this, it feels like there must be, they're secretly actually, you know, and it's just, no, no, they just yeah, wanted no, a Yeah, Lost totally did that, and it paid off real well with Nikki and Paolo. Just uh, <laughs> yes, uh, the best episode of Lost, expose. The best episode of Lost, yes. No, I actually do really like that episode. I, I really I like that episode. I think it's very good. <laughs> it is good. It's the best episode of Lost. Well. The other ones can suck. <laughs> You just suck it. <laughs> now I'm regretting that we didn't do a Lost podcast, Kate. Because oh, we could have had the toy on to be like, none of this works until we get to the Nikki and Paolo episode. I wouldn't go on until Expose. I literally would not go on. And I would only talk about an episode. The Maybe Jack's tattoos. Jack's tattoos would be like the worst episode and then the best episode. Mm-hmm. And there we go. Well, I'm going to wrap up our conversation here. Uh, uh, because it's... What? I do have one more thing about the show. Oh, okay, go for it. <laughs> uh, I, I really appreciated that Dan was kind of uh, like having Lucifer's back in this episode and trying to get, mm-hmm. like he was playing mediator to uh, Lucifer and Chloe and it mm-hmm. worked. So yeah. Him. And again, it's just the show does a good job um, tracking their characters relationships and making adjustments feel earned and uh, making like, you know, having the consequences of their choices, you ring throughout the rest of the season like just continue to to impact what's going on yeah and lucifer hiding behind a plant as he was following dan it's like come on lucifer come on. <laughs> it's always very good uh lurker says lucifer saved uh chloe so dan's kind of cool with it yeah ish yeah i think it's good um well that wraps up our conversation about lucifer season two episode 14 candy morning star uh tomorrow's episode is deceptive little parasite do we have any guesses on what that could be? Trixie? Flesh-eating parasites. <laughs> Trixie? Is, is it a Trixie it's... episode? And she's... It, that sounds like something that, that maybe Lucifer, like Lucifer would, would say. It does sound like something Lucifer would say about her. Right? Yes. <laughs> like, you know, maybe? I, <laughs> no, I have no idea. After your Vegas guess, Allison, why aren't you, like, more... Like, like commit. Like, this is what it is. Oh. Yeah. This is what it is. There is one thing that we didn't discuss, which was the weird not Hong Kong Chinatown thing 
what's in the briefcase? Did we find out what was in the briefcase? Was oh, yeah, it was, it was the bling. Ring? Yeah. It was it the was bling? bling. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure. Oh, yeah, I forgot that thing. even happened. Yeah, it was the ridiculous, it was the ridiculous diamond. Well, because it was all yellow and stuff and that, that. It was very like it was the very pulp fiction. It's very pulp fiction. It's very Godfather. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing about this. Also, um, Lucifer never like lies in this episode. Like he married Candy. He you know he bought her that ring. It's uh, it was a legit wedding, and they now have to get an annulment. But it happens. Yeah. And it's very worth it. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, no, this is worth It's going to be worth it. And I think, you know, the by, based on his demeanor at the end, I think it was. So, yeah, it's fun. Anyways, we're going back tomorrow. And I'm very excited to talk about Deceptive a Little Parasite. Latoya, will you be journey, joining us either tomorrow or Friday? Uh, Friday. I will yeah, definitely be on for Friday. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yay. Um, okay. But we'll be back tomorrow to talk about Deceptive Little Parasite. And until then, thank you everyone for who, who's been hanging out in the Zoom. And today that is Kayla and Lurker, Lurker and Marcus and SB and Scotty. You guys are all fabulous. We always enjoy talking with you guys. And thank you to my fellow wonderful co- uh, co-hosts. Bye! Bye! Uh, crime-solving devil makes, makes sense. sense! Don't overthink <laughs> it! <laughs> Beautiful, you guys. Beautiful. <laughs>